It's Wild Wild Pest, the deep dive podcast about the South's most notorious outlaws. Palmetto Pete and his posse were the nastiest cockroaches you could ever fear to meet. Nope. Trespassing, loitering, scaring innocent folk when they turned on the light. No thanks. And that's not to mention all the diseases the germ-ridden no-good nicks were known to spread. Oh no. Oh yes, but fear not. Terminix was on the case with all the skills, experience, and tools needed to outdraw the outlaws. Learn more at TrustTerminix.com. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Impact of Influence, the Murdoch family murders. This is the unfolding story of a powerful South Carolina family, the mysterious deaths they are linked to, and our quest to bring you the truth. Hello, friend. Always grateful that you're going to spend time with us. We appreciate that. There's lots of choices. You chose us. We're pleased. I am Matt Harris. Seton Tucker on location for this episode. Hello, Seton. Hello. I am actually down in Charleston for Alec Murdoch's bond hearing on federal court financial crimes. And she has uh, some pictures up on the Murdoch Podcast Facebook page. You can also, if you want to email Podcast at gmail.com. You went down to Charleston for the federal, uh, at the federal courthouse. Alec Murdoch was there? He was. And he came in, he actually, when he, he entered the courtroom, he greeted the prosecution team. He said hello to them. He was in his orange jumpsuit. He was shackled on hands and feet. Um, his hair had grown out a little bit since the last time we had seen the mug shot, I think shortly after his conviction on the murders. Uh, I guess they shave your, your head, but his hair has grown out a little bit since that time. And we should also note that I did not see any family members in attendance for this hearing. So what was he in court for? What was the purpose of this hearing? Well, this was a bond hearing. So at this hearing, it wasn't a trial. The judge, Judge Terry actually said that right off the bat. She said, this is not a trial. This is to basically go over what you've been charged with, which he waived his right to read everything. He said he understood what he has been charged with. And let's, let's remind people, right, Seton, this is just financial crimes, correct? Yes, these are financial crimes. He was charged with 22 counts, and he quickly pled not guilty. Um, but in this plea, his attorney, Jim Griffith, said that they did anticipate a change of the plea and that this may happen quickly. Wait, so he says, he says not guilty. He and, says not guilty. And, and, and Griffin says that could change. To me, that as a layperson <laughs> would mean that there's still some wheeling and dealing going on. Is that what people think? You know, that's what I took away from it. And after the hearing, all the reporters were gathered around and they were asking questions. And Dick Carpet Lamb was quick to say, no comment, no comment. That's what I believe, but the lawyers are not really talking about it at this moment. Sure, of course, they can't talk about things that are happening, but the way that you say he said that plea could change, there's only one reason you would assume that's going to change, and that is the only way to change would be to say guilty, 
And the only reason to change the guilty is if he gets some sort of deal. I mean, he's going to be in jail the rest of his life. So now I don't know what they're dealing with, which prison or those kind of things, I guess. I think that's the end game. I think ultimately they're trying to get Alec Murdoch the best prison situation for his term. But interestingly enough, they said Bond was not an issue. Obviously, he's already incarcerated for these murders. But that Alec, Jim Griffin said that Alec wanted to be remanded back to the South Carolina Department of Corrections. So they weren't trying to get into a some sort of federal prison at this juncture. Yeah, okay. Maybe they just thought, well, that wasn't going to happen today, right? So maybe they decided why even fight that fight at this point. Yeah, I don't really know exactly how that works. If you're incarcerated by a by the state, and then you have these federal charges. I mean, that's a question for a lawyer, which I am interested in knowing the answer to it, exactly how that works. Well, we've, you know, we've know we have this feeling and we've had attorneys kind of tell us that there is going to be like a little peeing contest between South Carolina and the feds as to who gets Alec Murdoch, right? I mean, South Carolina does not want to turn over a double murderer, right? Um, so I'm assuming what kind of information Alec has, how important it is to the feds, will matter as to whether they say, okay, well, that's pretty good information. We will uh, we'll take you over on our side. So, But that's just me spitballing. It does appear to be some sort of showdown happening between the state and the feds. And actually, Fitz News reported this week that the South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson was at war with the U.S. Attorney's Office and that two of the chief prosecutors had some sort of heated exchange and they're accusing the feds of copying their work. And I think this is all in relation to maybe the hijacking of Alec Murdoch's financial crimes. Well, and also we know that well, we're pretty sure that Ellen Wilson is going to be running for the governor of the great state of South Carolina at some point. And he'd like to have the Alec Murdoch feather in his cap for sure. Right. But th- another thing that Sarah Zori said is that, I think she tweeted, is that the South Carolina Department of Corrections does not necessarily want him and that it, they would want him transferred out of South Carolina. And I, if I had to guess why, I, I would think a high-profile person like Alec Murdoch might take up extra resources and extra issues, and they're like, I don't need that. You just, I got enough issues with all these criminals to send that dude somewhere else. That's, that's my only guess is why they would not want him. I mean, he is a high-profile prisoner. They've already, it's been reported that he's in this special protection type situation. So it would make sense. Why would they not want him out of their custody? Which brings us to an interesting TikTok. Now, we have real no way to verify Jumpsuit Pablo, but Jumpsuit Pablo posted a TikTok, and I think Fitz News found it, and I've reached out to Pablo Jumps, or Jumpsuit Pablo. Hopefully he'll come on the show. Uh, he posted uh, this TikTok about him being in the jail that Alec Murdoch uh, is going to, and here is that TikTok. I just served 10 years in the same prison that Alex Murdaugh is about to serve his life sentence. I'm still in touch with several inmates who are currently incarcerated there also, and I contacted one to ask him, will Alex Murdaugh be safe once he arrives? Um, if he if he go to a yard, you know, where it's more hostile to level threes and shit like that, and infested with the gangs and shit like that, then yeah, he'll definitely um, be waiting on him. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, people are already ready just to damn um, see him. You know what I'm saying? People just want to get around him. You know what I'm saying? People are just ready to get with him. You know what I mean? So it won't be, um, you know, it won't be no thing. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll definitely uh, be expected upon arrival. You know what I'm saying? So the police can't protect you. Hmm. I, I, well, again, we don't know how legit that is. And I'm not exactly sure what uh, they just want to see him or get with him or be around him. Is that code for bad news uh, rising for Alec? I do not know. Thoughts on that, Seton? Fitz News said that they kind of took it as maybe he had fans amongst other inmates. I was wondering whether that meant that he would be in some sort of danger. I want to get with you. I I don't know what that means, but to me, I took it as maybe he is possibly in some sort of danger. Yeah. I, Cause they, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if code is a, no, no question. They want to see him. I don't know. I don't want to be seen if I'm going into prison. <laughs> I, mean, I guess he is notorious among sure. prisoners. So maybe they, they do want to see him because like, hey, let's meet this Alec Murdoch. We, we've, we've seen all this news about him. Maybe that, or maybe he, you know, they think maybe he could help him out with some, you know, legal work since he. Yeah, maybe. Now, now we, What's the deal about, didn't he mention Florida or something? What happened to Florida thing? Yeah, I think there was some sort of talk about him, Alec Murdoch, wanting to be transferred to a prison in Florida. But Fitz News reported that their sources say it won't happen because of all of these pending financial crimes. Yeah, you know, Florida's where all the good retirees want to go to retire to prison. Early bird specials and whatnot. Let's talk about his buddy, Corey Fleming. You want to move to Corey Fleming now? Yeah, let's talk about Corey Fleming. He had a bond hearing in federal court as well, in which he took the opposite angle as Alec Murdoch. He actually pled guilty to wire fraud, which carries a maximum sentence of only five years. So it does seem like his attorney, Barbier, got him a pretty good deal. He was in front of uh, federal judge Richard Gergel. Now, again, this is just the federal uh, thing and for those who don't know, just to backtrack a little bit, Corey Fleming was good buddies with Alec Murdoch. They they both went to University of South Carolina School of Law. Both graduated in '94, and he is the one who Alec Murdoch said to the Satterfield boys, adults, that trust me, this guy Corey Fleming, he's going to take care of you. So he got Corey Fleming to work with Satterfield. Uh, gentlemen, and then they brought in also uh, Russell Lafitte in this whole mix. But then that's when Fleming you know, skimmed a little off the top, as they say, and took some money in that thing. And I think, uh, and we said all along, which was weird, was, and this is just reading between the lines, at the very beginning of this, I think Fleming was a few hundred thousand dollars, something like that, right? And uh, but yet Murdoch took millions. The whole total was something like 4.3 million. And so what Fleming says is, you know, I knew Alec was going to do, he was, he was going to steal from him. Yeah. But he just didn't know the extent of the thievery. That's he what he's thought saying, yeah. that Alec was only going to steal a hundred K, not the entire $4.3 million. So he, he did admit to some knowledge of Alex 
misdeeds. Oh, I, 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 I think so. Because I, 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 I said from the very beginning, I'm like, what kind of deal is that for Corey Fleming? He says, I'm going to take 100000 He's going to let Murdoch take $4 million. Uh, it doesn't seem like a, and, and I'm, neither of these guys are right. I'm not trying to justify anything. I'm just saying that, I believe what Corey Fleming is saying that I knew he was going to steal and I was stealing. I admit all that stuff, but I know he's taking the whole 4.3 million. And uh, I, I think that's very possible. Yeah, he, he did say he knew, he absolutely knew that this was wrong, that right. he should not have yep. done that. Yep. But I'm wondering if maybe in their minds, they kind of have this rationalization of, well, you know, I passed you this case and they, a lot of times attorneys have, if, if you pass a good case on to someone, you get some sort of referral fee. So I'm wondering if maybe he had some sort of justification in his mind that it was like that. Not that it makes it right. He definitely should have known better. And I think he has admitted that he absolutely knew better. But I just wonder if there was some rationalization going on in his mind. Oh, because he wanted to be a, only a little bit of a thief. <laughs> He, only stayed, he wanted to be a small thief. Yeah, he didn't want to get caught. And he's like, and then but Alec goes and takes four million. I get a hundred thousand. If he if Alec would have stuck to the script, we would have got away with it. And also on top of that, he he admitted to making up false expenses. So on top of this hundred thousand that he knew was going to Alec, he admitted that some of the expenses he made up in this litigation were not. Real expenses. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, there's no question. He was he's slimy. I guess he did say that he has already paid the $670,000 he received in attorney's fees back to the Satterfields. Yeah. Well, I don't know why he was saying 100000 the whole time. It was 600000 but you get the idea. Uh, no, I think the 100000 is what he thought Alec was going to steal. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. 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 Either way, they're, they're both slimy. They stole from these, this family who was supposed to be part of the Murdoch family been with them for 20 some years, basically from Paul's birth on. And these guys uh, just blatantly ripped them off. Uh, it was a deep betrayal. And Fleming is looking at going to federal, the federal pen for this, uh, for a maximum of five years. Again, I think this was a really good deal that was negotiated by his lawyer. And I think maybe... Alec Murdoch, who was not in a nearly as good a position as Corey Fleming was, is trying to figure out some sort of deal that he can make in regards to these charges he's facing. And Judge Gurgle, by the way, did say there's no guarantee that Fleming wouldn't do some state prison time. Mm, I think that's true. I mean, the state AG's office has said that they still fully plan on prosecuting these financial crimes. Again, I think there's some sort of showdown happening between the the feds and the state, and we'll see what happens. I, I know that Corey Fleming has also agreed to surrender his law license. Uh, so, yes, there it is. Fleming's going to be behind bars. Lafitte is going to be behind bars. Alec Murdoch is already behind bars. And we'll see if there's any other names that will be uh, falling. We don't know the depth of some of these schemes who might have been involved. We still have Drug charges out there, of course, that is a DEA thing versus what we're dealing with right now. But who knows? They could be working together on this uh, with the whole cousin Eddie and Murdoch allegedly running drugs. And maybe that's the leverage Alec Murdoch is trying to wheel and deal, his knowledge of some of these other crimes happening. Uh, Seton, thanks for uh, hitting the, the federal courthouse today. Oh, thank you. It was a beautiful day in Charleston. Uh, got to see the defense team having lunch across the street after 
the trial. And well, you know, there's, there's, Seton has this uncanny gift of finding the attorneys eating or the judge. She just, uh, there's pictures of her. She finds pictures of uh, the defense and the prosecution eating lunch. Judge Newman walked through the streets. She just has a, a radar for that stuff. I, well, they were right across the street, so I'm not sure exactly what sort of radar that is. <laughs> I looked across the street. But. We're going to start. We're going to have a, a, a coffee table book of Seton's pictures of attorneys eating. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. You get back here, uh, drive safe, and we will uh, talk to you soon. And friends, it's the Murdoch Podcast Facebook page, and we'll talk to you soon. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.